Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. A NFC Championship game edition of the pod. The 49ers have advanced to the NFC Championship game. Uh, something at 3-5 and five we would have not expected. But the 49ers have turned it around. have gone 9-2 and two in their last 11 and are on their way to L.A., the team that they had to beat to get into the playoffs, now stand in their way to get to the Super Bowl. Um, Leo, what is going on with this team? Dude, if I would have told you back in, what, October, hey, 49ers are going to the NFC Championship game, and they're going to go against the Los Angeles Rams in L.A., essentially giving the 49ers a home playoff game, kind of. Uh, how much stock would you have bought into that? Pro- probably not any. Zero. Maybe if it, maybe if it was a penny stock, you'd be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to the NFC Championship game. Um, because I think I was more so on the hype train of this team uh, early on, saying this team's going to the playoffs or going to the playoffs. But the fact that they would make this much noise, I can't confidently say, oh, yeah, that that's what I had in my head the whole time. Um, but besides that, this is something that we said before the year started. This is a Super Bowl caliber roster. You said it. I said it before they played one game this year. So if you ignore all the BS, the roller coaster ride that we've seen throughout this year, I don't think it's much, much of a surprise because the 49ers should have been a lot of people's preseason pick to at least make an NFC title game. So at this point, it's not a surprise. I think if you consider the whole roller coaster, yeah, it's a complete shocker. I will self-scout. I was on the, the thought process of this was a 10-11 win team. They would make a wild card and be a first-round bounce. Um, at 3-5, and five, I said, I don't know if we were going to make the playoffs. Um, at 3-5, and five, I was much in the line of play Trey Lance already. So I was wrong in my thought process because this team – um, stuck together through all the adversity, through all the talk about the QB, through all the talk about the roster, um, the draft picks not working out initially in the beginning of the year, and they, they've rallied together and gotten to this point. Um, so I'm a self-scout. I'll own that. That's not a problem. Um, did I think this team had a, a good roster, good enough to, to make some noise? Yeah, but you know, just realistically, just based on the way the schedule is playing out and 3-5, and five, it got real bleak there for me as a fan. And then, you know, just doing this. But when you win nine of nine of the last eleven, there's something there. And the way they won these games, you know, we've gave we've given Richard Hightower a lot of crap on the season for special teams. And most of the time most times the defense and the offense have got the job done. On Saturday, it was the special teams. A block field goal, a block punt, the Debo decision to or the decision to have Debo Samuel return a kick. Um all those things were huge decisions by either Richard Hightower or Kyle Shanahan. Um, so big shout out to the coaching staff and the special teams unit and, and Richard Hightower, who's been under a lot of scrutiny all season. His unit stepped up when they needed it big and they got it done on Saturday. I was at a loss for words after the game, after the win. Um, probably the most, one of the more crazy games that I've seen. The 49ers don't ever make it easy for the fan base in the playoffs. Right, like you, if you back to my early days, just going back to the Jeff Garcia comeback win against the Giants, like they just love to give us heart attacks. Um, how were you feeling during the game and throughout the game? What was your thought process after the game, Leo? Throughout the game, I was just like, "Are we really not seeing a Kyle Shanahan offense score a touchdown? Like, is that the reality?" But most importantly, after Rogers goes out there gets the first touchdown, makes it a, a 7-0 game immediately. I had my parents came over for that game, so they weren't even on the couch yet, and it was 7-0 Packers. And it looked like they were going to drive the field again on, on, on their second drive. Good thing Fred Warner got a, got the fumble there. I think it was their second or third drive. But it's just I kept telling myself, don't go down 7-0, 17-0. Don't go down 17-0. Uh, that was what they did week three. Week three, the 49ers battled back, obviously took the lead, 37 seconds left in, in that game's history. Um, but based off these weather conditions, based off of Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb and shoulder in these weather conditions, hell, it's it, when it's 60 degrees around my house, 
my knees are killing me. <laughs> they are killing me. So for Jimmy Garoppolo to be out there with his thumb and his shoulder in single digits, maybe even negative wind chill. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what that feels like. Um, so I just kept saying, don't fall 17-0, don't fall 17-0. And good thing that the Packers kept the 49ers around. Uh, and the 49ers were able to come back in in a big way. It's Jordan Willis may have not even, if this wasn't the playoffs, he's probably not playing this game. Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh, not spoken about enough. He had an injury versus the Cowboys, and if this was a Week 8 football game, Jordan Willis is not playing. But since it's the playoffs, you suck it up and do whatever you can to be out there. And why is it so key for Jordan Willis to be out there? Well, besides the block punt, obviously, it's you had the the blocked field goal by Jimmy Ward. If Jordan Willis doesn't chop down on Green Bay Packers number ninety four there in in his field goal protection, if he doesn't chop down on his reached out arm to allow Jimmy Ward to just run free untouched, Jimmy Ward probably doesn't block that field goal. So Jordan Willis affected two parts of the special teams game. And once again, someone that's probably not out there for a week eight football game. Uh, thank God it's the playoffs because he was able to be out there. Uh, hopefully he's feeling a little better this week opposed to last week up to game time. And it's just exciting, man. It's this team is winning in so many ways, so many fashions. What I don't want to do is I don't want to get lost in this. It's a storybook ending, New York football giants, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> whatever. Like, I don't want to get lost in that narrative. Um, but I, I can ki- confidently say at, at least those players won't get lost in that narrative. Like, we could do it as fans because we're not the ones out on the field playing the game. So it's just uh, I'm just trying to not get lost in that narrative for my own sake, for my own mental health. Uh, and not completely convince myself the 49ers already won the Super Bowl without playing the NFC title game yet. It's just this team, it's it's so special, man. What they're doing right now, it's special. And whether it looks different next season, uh, that's fine. But we got at least one more game to enjoy out of this hell of a roller coaster that they gave us this year. Yeah, absolutely. So you brought up... Um... You brought up Jimmy Ward. I'm going to bring up the Fred Warner fumble. Um, the Niners the, the Niners gave the, the, uh, the touchdown on 12 plays uh, for 69 yards to open the game. The Niners then proceed to punt, and then Fred Warner forces the fumble. The, fo- the, the Packers had eight first downs before that fumble. After that fumble, the Packers only mustered six offensive first downs. Six. So D'Amico Ryans and the defense clamped them down. Um, the Jimmy Ward blocked field goal at the end of half um, is a three-point swing that the Niners needed in this game because after the Debo Samuel humongous kickoff return, the Niners scored three points. So there's your three-point swing right there, and that's the difference in the game. Um, defensively, they had some hiccups. Of course, you give up the huge game, the huge bomb to uh, Aaron Jones, but shout-out to Kwaski Tart for a hustle play, making sure he doesn't score, right? Which leads to three points instead of seven. The Niners still remain within striking distance of the Packers. So that's the plus. There were so many, you know, guys throughout the time they've been in San Francisco who've been, you know, criticized for their health and their, their health and injury concerns. Ward, Tart, those guys came up humongous for this team uh, this week. Uh, Fred Warner was, you know, folks were like, oh, he's not playing to to his contract, et cetera, et cetera. Fred Warner probably had the game of his career on Saturday, um, which was just a huge plus for this team. They needed that. Um, and I'm going to ask this again because I went back and read the replies to the Niner Nation um, article where I said, is Kyle Shanahan the coach of the year? Just as a question, I'm going to say this now. Kyle Shanahan deserves coach of the year considerations. I don't want to hear knows across the board what has been done from three and five to now to an NFC title appearance, add in your QB decisions that you made in the off season, add in the rough patches throughout the year, add in the injuries at you. The list is long of what Kyle Shanahan and his staff has had to overcome. Kyle Shanahan most certainly 
deserves Coach of the Year considerations. I don't care for Mike Vrabel's discussion. He just got beat at home by the Bengals, right, after all the hype on Derrick Henry coming back. The only other guy that I think might get a shot at is Bill Belichick because what he did with Mac Jones. But other than that, I think Zach, I was, Taylor. Zach, and Zach Taylor. Yeah, very fair. Zach Taylor's another one. But I would oh, definitely quick. Kyle in that conversation. Aren't those votes considerations end at the regular season? Like, shouldn't those votes be in before the playoffs start? They should, but I think you. I think we all know those that stuff that gets affected by playoff performances. Uh, yeah, it has to, right? Yeah, it has to. There's no way that they don't consider the playoffs. Like, oh, yeah, cool. You went ten and seven, but even at ten and seven to finish the way they did, and then win the comeback game against the Rams, like it's it's all there for Kyle to be in at least in the conversation. Like there was a point where people wanted Kyle fired, and I don't, I did not subscribe to that because that was unnecessary. Um, but where they're at now, <laughs> there should be. Um, that was so funny. That yeah, was so, that was yeah, a hilarious. There should be times. coach of the year considerations for Kyle Shanahan and his staff to be at least acknowledged for what they've done. D'Amico Ryan's obviously he's getting acknowledgement for all the interviews he's getting. Mike McDaniel's, whoever knows, who knows if he's going to Miami or not. But this coaching staff deserves a lot of credit. And I gave Kyle crap at, at one point again, especially against the Cardinals game. But him and his staff has turned it around. I proposed this question to. Uh... Matt Mayoko, I'm, I'm positive it's going to come out in his mailbag episode, uh, but I want to ask you, do the 49ers, are they in this NFC championship game if Robert Sala's the DC and not D'Amico Ryan's? I want to ask this, you this question because we have the data on Robert Sala, four, four years of data on Robert Sala and... With D'Amico, yes, we have 19 games of it. But from what we're seeing schematically, I don't think we saw that the previous four years. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Salah's defense was more of a, this is what we're going to line up as, and this is what you're going to get. With D'Amico, he's playing more of a, we're going to line up in this, but this is not essentially what you're going to get post-snap. Um and it just seems like he has more flexibility within his players and what he's doing with his scheme. So that's why I want to ask you, it's number one scoring offense in Dallas on the road, 17 points. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he that dude really wanted to get to the Super Bowl and prove that he's still that guy and probably walk out of Green Bay with a championship. That That's probably the biggest F you that Rodgers could have gave that organization, uh, even though it's, I'm sure the Packers would still take a Lombardi trophy, even if that means Rodgers is walking out. Um, you know Rodgers wanted that, and yet the dude didn't even win a playoff game, 10 points at home. And we've heard in his presser in 2019 how he really wants home playoff games. So the job that D'Amico has done, it, it's I, w- I want to be clear. It's not disrespect to Robert Sala and what he accomplished over the four years. It's more so of, holy crap, we haven't seen this schematically from the defense. What do you, what's your thoughts on it? It's tough because even even without Bosa last year, they were sixth on defense. So, I mean, it's, it is possible because he still have a lot of playmakers. What I will say that Salah had that, that D'Amico didn't have, he did have Jason Verrett and a healthy Emmanuel Mosley and a probably better version of K1 Williams. Jamar Taylor stepped in a couple times for the Niners as well. The secondary was a little bit better last year for the Niners. Whereas this year, you're dealing with Josh Norman, you're dealing with Ambry Thomas, you're dealing with Diamond Lenore, Dante Johnson. The only one who's been some level of consistency has been his safeties, Jimmy Ward and Kwaski Tart. Um, so I think just two different just two different defenses. I will say in D'Amico's favor, I do prefer what D'Amico is doing. Um, he's been able to do a whole bunch of pre-snap disguises um, and even post-snap stuff that is affecting the quarterback, right? You know, we wouldn't. I don't think we've ever seen a double team on Devontae Adams during the Robert Sala era, um, and what they did with Dante Johnson and Kwaski Tart to take away Devontae Adams, bracket him. That was something that we haven't seen in a while, and it, it forced Aaron Rodgers to go other places he didn't want to go. Um, that's a tough question. I'm gonna say I don't know because, I mean, because if you give if you give Sala this defense, I think you kind of get the same result. If you give D'Amico last year's defense, you probably get the same result. 
It's just I think both guys are really, really good. That's a, probably a cop-out answer. Um, but I do prefer D'Amico Ryans, who I was very excited that they were going to hire. I also called it on my podcast that that was the guy they were going to do because that was the one that everyone had talked about. That He's next. He's next. He's a head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. He's going to be the guy. And you heard his players talk about him. They're going to be a little more aggressive, a little more blitzing. We didn't see very much blitzing during the season. Come postseason, here it is. You got all these crazy stunts. You got all these crazy blitzes with Fred and Dre. Oh, and here comes Kwaski down, you know, thinking he's Jamal Adams with the safety blitzes. Like, those are the things that Salah did not do that D'Amico is doing, and he saved it for the right time, whether that was the Rams game, the Cowboys game, and then most recently the Packers game. Um, he's a very, very smart coach, and I hope. I hope he gets a job, but I also hope he doesn't get a job. Just because I don't know who would be the replacement for D'Amico Ryan's, um, Big Fangio comes to mind, but I don't know if that's the if that's the route Kyle Shanahan and the Niners are going to go next year. Yeah, I thought about Big Fangio as well, um, but that means they would have to probably change back to a three four defense um, if they want Vic Fangio, and it seems like Kyle Shanahan prefers the four three defense because uh, you've heard him echo it so much of how it can create trouble for the opposing quarterbacks coordinator coordinators and offense in general. Um, but yeah, it's seeing D'Amico come to this level. I think it's, I think it's reassuring because I talked with Jamar Taylor during the off season and Jamar Taylor told me they can't let D'Amico go They're Obviously he says that because Robert Sala is leaving. So if D'Amico joined Sala's staff, he was like that, that, that would be a mistake if the 49ers don't, hire D'Amico as the DC and if they let him go to Robert Sala that's going to be a mistake um so thankfully D'Amico stayed with the 49ers and what's crazy is this other defensive coordinator that the 49ers are about to face on Sunday that's who a lot of the fans wanted a lot of the fans wanted Raheem Morris in San Francisco um a ton of they they said this is a, a playoff caliber roster why would you have a rookie DC opposed to a guy that's uh, Raheem Morris. Well, guess what? D'Amico's more in his bag than Raheem Morris is. Let, let's yeah. not, you know, pretend like the Rams don't have players. They got 50 year old Eric Weddle. I'm kidding. Not Eric Weddle, <laughs> but they got Jalen Ramsey. They got Aaron Donald. They got Von Miller now. Leonard um, Floyd. One, one thing I cannot stand by the national media is the Los Angeles Rams signed Von Miller. They did not sign him guys. They traded for him. All right. Like I, I have a pet peeve in that way when people mention sign and trade. It was a trade, not a sign. They gave up assets to get Vaughn Miller. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. Complete difference. Um, so it's so it's like, yeah, uh, Raheem Morris has ballers too, but D'Amico, he's he's more in his bag. And, and I think this is what makes D'Amico with the 49ers so special as you hit on it. Fred Warner. Fred Warner. He's able to do a lot with that middle linebacker because of how athletic and how much range Fred Warner has. Um, I forgot who it was. It was someone from PFF breaking down on like a TikTok video that was posted on Twitter because I'm I'm a grown man. I don't have TikTok. Um, <laughs> it was basically where you're lining the, the nose tackle, the D tackles over the guard. The reason that is, is the center now has to go horizontal to get that block on, on the on the defensive tackles, whether it's Armstead, DJ Jones, Contavious Street, whoever's in there. Uh, the center now has to know, now go horizontal. And when the center goes horizontal, that just pretty much opens up the Red Sea for Fred Warner to just go dive down and attack the run play and that worked very, very well for Fred Warner, and that's why you've seen him making so many plays at the line of scrimmage against the run. And uh, you're able to do that when you have so much trust in your middle linebacker. Not not too many defensive coordinators are going to say, you know what, I'm going to open up this gap completely and trust my middle linebacker. Um, you can do that with Fred Warner. You can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're talking about Fred in the defense. Uh, before we get off D'Amico Ryan's, just doing the numbers here. In the last 11 games, with the playoffs included, the 49ers have allowed only 77.3 rush yards per game. On Saturday, they only allowed 67 to the uh, to the Green Bay Packers, and then the previous Sunday in Dallas, only 77. So 
They have been outstanding in the run game. Um, and now here comes the Rams with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle. So the last time the Rams played the Niners, they only had 64 rush yards. So yeah, it's good I was going to say, has, has Cam Akers even really been that good at, as far as a, a rusher this season? Um, he hasn't had, yeah, it's, I don't want to say that, oh, Cam Akers is not a good running. No, he's coming back from a big time injury way too soon. Um, so that's a big factor in this, but I, I'm saying, you know, the, the guy had 24 carries last game, averaged two yards per carry in the wild card round versus Arizona had 17 carries, averaged 3.2 yards per carry. So um, if they're continuing to feed him at that rate, even though he should be more so of a reserve role, trying to wrap up from that big time injury, um, it bodes well for the 49ers if they want to keep Sony Michelle on the sideline who had a heck of a run in, de- in December with that with that Rams offense. So bring him on. Bring on Cam Akers. If they want to feed yeah. him, feed him. <laughs> Let, I trust my defense at this point. I trust my defense. And one more thing on the 49ers defense, who have been outstanding. Uh, Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers had a number that he threw out, just like some random number. I don't know why he did that because it didn't work out for him. Um, he said the 49ers have scored 30 points six times all season. The Packers have scored 36 times since week 11. Now, of course, I had to go dig, right? Um, in those wins or in those games, they played the Vikings, they played the Bears, they played the Lions, the Rams, and the Ravens, none of which are over top 15 in points allowed. The Niners were ranked 12th, I believe it was, in points allowed. And uh, Packers only scored 10 points. Just wanted to throw that out there. Sorry. Not sorry. Yeah, it's... uh. You know, I I could get caught up in stats as well. Um, Obviously, our producer of the show, his name is literally Stats. So there is context behind it, though. There is context behind it. So when you provide that context, you're like, okay, yeah, makes sense why the Packers scored all those points. My apologies. The Niners are ninth. Excuse me. Ninth. Ninth. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, look what happens. You score all these points versus uh, defenses that it's – on the bottom half of the league in points allowed, and now you're facing a top 10 defense in points allowed, and you score 10 points. Got it. Context, people. Context. Stats are great, but give me context. It's lacking all over the place. It's all good, though. Um, so, the Rams. The Niners have gone 6-0. and This is a matchup I didn't want, and I. it's not because I don't... It's not because I'm scared of the Rams. I'm more worried about getting seven straight wins over a team that you're very, very familiar with, and they're very, very familiar with us. Talk me off the ledge, Leo, because it is very hard not only to win, to sweep your opponent in your own division, but to do so three years in a row. And then this year to play them a third time. Now, the numbers suggest that it's not, you know, that's a that's an untrue statement. It's like 66% of the time the team who swept wins the, you know, wins the series. But something that came up while I was doing some research, this is an interesting, this is very interesting, very, very interesting. In six of eight postseason games between the 49ers and the Packers, the winning team lost in the following week. And now we have the Niners who are 6-0 and against the Rams in the last six games. It just, it gives me an, an ugly feeling. That's all I'm saying. I, I get that, but here's the silver lining there. It's, who hasn't played well? Let's be keep it real. Who has not played well this playoff? Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. So let's stick with Jimmy Garoppolo um, because ultimately all our hearts are going to be on the back of number 10, uh, depending on what happens with this team. Jimmy Garoppolo is a really efficient quarterback. He's an efficient quarterback. Whether he throws the ball to the inside linebackers or not, that's fine. Well, the Rams don't have any good inside linebackers anyway. So that's that's not a problem for Jimmy Garoppolo this game. Who do they have? Reader back there as inside linebacker? He's not good. He's He should be a special teamers. Um, so when looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, when I say he's an efficient quarterback, it's he's usually going to hover at that 98 to 100 passer rating. Granted, I'm not the biggest passer rating guy, but I, I think in this way it does support a case. Jimmy Garoppolo has gone four straight games under a 90 passer rating. So that's unreal for Jimmy Garoppolo. He has never done that in any stretch of his career, have four games under a 90 passer rating. 
And when you add in his five career playoff starts, his pass rating is a 70.3 on average. We're talking about a guy who has a 49ers career average of pass rating of 98. His playoff pass rating 70.3. So I, I just get this feeling that Garoppolo is going to have a passer rating efficient game. And what? how does that affect the 49ers? Okay, Leo, it's like, yeah, cool. He has a passer rating efficient game. But what does that mean? That means he's not turning over the football. So if he could go to that career mark of being at 98, 100, that means he's not turning over the football and he's having an efficient game. Uh, It also comes into high completion percentage. That affects your passer rating. So I I, I do see – Jimmy's due. Jimmy's due. He's finally going to have his highlight playoff game in his sixth playoff start or just – crap the bed and and have six bad playoff starts the only one where he had a decent passer rating was the the green bay packers and he attempted the ball eight times uh so do you you really want to consider that over uh you know a solid passer rating probably not maybe for a quarter but not you know that that doesn't give you a game worth of data because that's just unreal um and the thing is within this matchup let's take jimmy garoppolo out of it take him out of it what did the the Cardinals and the Buccaneers not do. They did not run the ball. Yeah. They didn't. When you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they had 19 carries, or excuse me, they had 18 carries versus the LA Rams. Two of those were from Kyler. So they had 16 non-quarterback carries. When you look at the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had 14 carries. And one of those is accredited to Tom Brady. So they had 13 non-quarterback carries. Um, add those two together, you're looking at 20, 29 carries. Yeah, the Niners do that in one game. Yeah, 49ers do that in one game. They do it in one game. Um, so that's the difference thing. It's the Rams face two finesse offenses. Buccaneers c- could be a power offense with Leonard Fournette. They just chose not to. They gave him the ball three times in their first drive, and he picked up 23 yards. And then he only got the ball for three more carries for the rest of the entire half. For the next five drives, he only had three carries. Um, so with the 49ers offense, it's they're not this finesse team that just wants to throw all around 50 pass attempts a game. That's not them. They would prefer to run the ball 50 times a game. So the Rams are facing a different style team. And what happens when they face that different style team? They lose six, six straight, six straight. Um, now, this is where I feel I feel more confident going into this one than week 18 because I told myself they won five in a row against these guys. The Rams are trying to get that two seed. They're going to be fighting hard. Um, and with this 49ers team, it's, it was just kind of like, I don't know, six times. It's, it's going to be really difficult. Is it possible? Um they put themselves in a 17-point hole and came out in one. So now I go into this one. Is 17-0 and going to happen again? Probably not. I don't think odds, so. odds are, odds are going to say it's not going to happen. Um, so you you take that into consideration. And to me, it's if they, if they already took six in a row when I was questioning if they could win six in a row just because I was looking at the law of averages, the percentages of that happening, it's just one game, ultimately. It's just one game. And it's more than likely going to be a sea of red. So the same thing Mrs. Stafford complained about on her podcast about (laughs) the 49ers fans just completely showing up out there. It's probably happening again. Um, I'm going to have to start a GoFundMe or do something to try and get out there. Um, You know, probably go dumpster dive for some aluminum cans to make that trip. But it's uh, I, I do expect. 49ers to have home field advantage and it's it's going to be an interesting one like I said yeah. the, the big thing here is do we get a, a 98 pass rating from Jimmy Garoppolo if we do he's not turning over the ball he has a high completion percentage that bodes well for the 49ers he hasn't he hasn't done that in a playoff game at all in five starts when he's attempted obviously more than eight passes and how many carries are we getting we get to 30 49ers are winning. Rams haven't seen 20. 
in a single game in the two playoff matches. So, so I like the 49ers chances here. No, I do too. Oh, real quick. Go ahead. Some, something, something else I want to see. Jeff Wilson Jr. It's been a while, but he's I want to see. Okay. If he's healthy, which he might be, it's, it's been about four to five weeks since we've seen him out there. The reason being is if he can just get those great yards, those three yard averages, yards per carry, if he could get those great yards and then bring in Elijah Mitchell after when the defense is a little soft enough, I like that. I like that. Or even if you want to give Debo Savio the ball after, you know, Jeff Wilson gets the great yards. I like it. Like it worked in 2019 with the Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert mix. You know, they did that and it worked pretty well. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Where's for me? Uh, just to, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. So Jimmy Garoppolo, let's just go with the 49ers, but we're going to throw Jimmy Garoppolo in here. Jimmy Garoppolo in five playoff games. He's 64 of 102, 730 yards, two touchdowns, five interceptions. The 49ers run game in those five playoff games, 178 attempts, 890 yards, five yards per carry, nine touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo is the weirdest quarterback in the playoffs, like ever, like of all time, ever. Luckiest quarterback of all time is, played, is what I say. He was, for the most part, bad on Saturday. Granted, injuries may have hampered that in the weather, etc. Oh, real quick. Did you see that one-handed catch from George Kittle on the sideline in the All-22? That was a Jimmy Dime. Well, he should have went to use check for a bigger game, but that's just me. Oh, okay, me being I'm nitpicky. just saying that 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 completion <laughs> though, that was a big time throw. Yeah, it was a big time throw. It was a risky throw when he could have just went to use check and got some yak after it. But that's just that's just me being nitpicky on the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Um, the Niners need more from Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. You said it. 98 passer rating. They have to get it from him. Um, it, he gave us plenty in the Rams game. He did right. He was good in the first half of the of the Cowboys game. Not so much in the second half of the of the Cowboys game. Not much was happening in the Packers game until the final two drives right before that fourth and one where they got stuffed. And then of course the final drive for the game winning field goal where he had two throws that needed to be made to get into field goal position. So he does give you some, but I need at least three quarters of good Garoppolo, and I need three. Decent quarters where he's like six of eight for seventy yards in each one of those quarters, like because you're going to need that in this Rams game, regardless of the run game. You're going to need something from your quarterback. Um, he's due. He really is due for some type of coming out party, and I, I, I shouldn't even say coming out party, but just just be a part of the win, like just be a bigger role than what you have been in the last couple of weeks. Because if Matthew Stafford isn't throwing the ball away or for, you know having a turnover here and there, you're going to need more from your quarterback to not turn the ball over um, and you need to control the clock. So Jimmy's going to have to be efficient in that way. It's just a really weird um, situation. The Niners are averaging 20 passes to 35 rushes in those five playoff games. I know that's their recipe for success, but this is a quarterback driven league and we all know how the Super Bowl ended. The other quarterback beat up the number one defense. So we're going to need a little bit more from Jimmy Garoppolo in this game on Sunday. I think he can get it to it, give it to us. Whether that's 25 passes, but if he's like 18 for 25 for 220 and a touchdown, that's better than what we've seen in the last five games from him in the playoffs. The good thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is he's had one good second half and over the past five game stretch. So you look at Seattle, they mustered what zero points in the second half. You look at Cincinnati, they had three Falcons. It's the Falcons. Like how much stock do you want to put in that Tennessee? They were terrible. They had their second half points came on that final drive to tie the game, um, which was only seven. Uh, you had the Rams game, Cowboys. They had another seven point second half. Packers. They had six points from the second half because that's offense. The block punt. I, I'm not going to put that on on the offense stock. Um, so the only time after say Seattle, the Seattle game, they scored double digits in the second half was the Atlanta Falcons and the Los Angeles Rams. So that's what I want to see from, from this offense is consistent four quarters. Um, I'm not expecting you to go put up 40 points or anything. I'm not trying to say that. Um, I just want you to be consistent with it. And I I think you could have a a good game from Jimmy Garoppolo and it's just give me, give me 98 pass rating. That that's, that's my line. If Jimmy Garoppolo is at a 98 pass rating, the 49ers win this game. 
that that that's my Mendoza line. That's your number. Ninety-eight. Twenty-first down. Ninety-eight passer rating. <laughs> ninety-eight passer rating. Okay. 49ers are winning this game. If Jimmy Garoppolo has a high completion percentage and and he's not turning over the football, I don't see how they lose. I hope you're right, Leo, because my I can't take these uh, nail biters anymore. I was in Dallas, almost lost my mind. I watched just the game later. Blow them the hell out. Yeah, like, can I get a blowout win, please? Like, can we just do that? That would be the hope. I hope it's a blowout. I hope this shit isn't, in, excuse me, Rob, for that. But I hope this game is out of hand by the third quarter. Like, I would I would love that for this 49ers also, team. Also, break the streak, man. Ever since Harbaugh came in, NFC title loss. NFC title win. NFC title loss. And then now under Shanahan, that streak continued. NFC title win. So, you know, we'll it's see. like cooking, it's like pulling the petals off a flower. Does he love me? Does he love me not? Does he love me? It's like that. That's the rotation they're in right now. Um, so break that, snap it, snap it, yeah. right? Let, let's just go back-to-back NFC title wins and and figure out, you know, what the hell happens in the Super Bowl. And if the 49ers do win this game, I say if, because I don't want to, you know, sound like if I'm, you know, guaranteeing at this point, no, the boys have to go out there and play. Yeah. Um, but if they go out and win this game before kickoff, we know who's the Super Bowl opponent out of the AFC. And I like that. So let's get let's get to that. If the Niners pull this off, do you prefer the Bengals or the Chiefs? I would love a Super Bowl rematch, but I prefer the Bengals because I know the Chiefs are going to travel crazy. They're going to have a crazy amount of fans out there. Um while the Bengals have a solid fan base, I don't see them traveling like Kansas City. So if if it's Cincinnati, I think it could give the 49ers a huge home field advantage considering it's in California. And these these Bengals fans are going to have the most likely from Ohio to, to uh, California to L.A. In a year, they probably weren't expecting it. So And also, it's just... We had the '90 reminiscence with the uh, with the Cowboys and Packers in the playoffs. Now let's let's get an '80 reminiscent Super Bowl. How about that? Screw my 2020 Super Bowl. I don't care. I don't. I don't want the rematch. Um, I, what I want is I want the Bengals because you know I wasn't born yet when my dad was watching those Super Bowls, those two against the Bengals. So if I can watch a 49ers Bengals Super Bowl with my dad. I think that I think that would just be awesome. It would be one of those yeah. sentimental feelings that he probably won't admit, but I know at a certain <laughs> point of that game he's gonna see 49ers, Bengals, and Super One look over and be like, Holy crap, I'm with my son. Yeah, so this. I don't know who said it, but football is poetry. And I'm with you, Leo. I, I do I do like the Joe Burrow Bengals. I, I, I like what they stand for, I like what they what they've done all year. I do like what you're talking about. If it is Bengals Niners there's going to be probably a large contingent of Niner fans in LA I'm sure the Bengals will travel as well but you know when you have a team that was kind of on the rebound and the rebuild and they're they're on their way up and for Joe Burrow to do that that'd be outstanding but he has a huge task in front of him going against Andy Reid and that high-powered Chiefs offense and the last time they played it was that was a that was a barn burner when they played last time um I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I said, uh, you asked me would I prefer to have my kids win a Super Bowl early or wait like me. I'm going to retract that statement because Anthony, my oldest son, he is starting to watch it, and he's starting to get into it. And he was jumping up and down because he understands the field goal, wanting the Niners a game, and he's all over the place. So seeing my kids happy after a Niner win, I hope the Niners get to the Super Bowl, and he gets to see that at a young age. And I will have that as a father with my kids because my dad's a Bears fan. We don't have we don't agree on sports. Um, so yeah, I think it would be a big deal if the Niners win the Super Bowl and I'm there with my kids and I can watch it with them. That's something that you know not many fan bases can have, right? You know, there's been the Niners have five, Cowboys got five, Patriots got six. You know, the teams that have multiple. Those guys have kind of dominated the, that conversation when it comes to Super Bowl. So if I can have have that moment with my oldest son and even my youngest one, because he was just jumping around, he doesn't know what's going on, but he's just jumping around because his brother's jumping around. So if my, both my boys can witness that with me, that'd be great. That'd be the icing on the cake. Sorry, it's already get a sentimental on the pod, but I think a lot of parents out there who who watched, um, like you said, like your dad watched the Bengals one, and for 
for time to be a flat circle. Be like, oh, look, we're right back to where we started. You know, mm-hmm. that would be that would be some crap. Now, just a couple. I guess we'll I guess we'll just hit on this. Um, if the Niners make the Super Bowl, and if the Niners win the Super Bowl, Mamioko had a piece basically talking about how open the 49ers front office have been with the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Without actually saying those words in the article, the Niners are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the year. I think we all knew that. I know there's some fans out there who don't believe it. But the way the article was written and the way it sounded, regardless of any outcome to this season, Jimmy Garoppolo will not be here um, in 2022. It is the Lance era going forward. The transparency from Kyle Shanahan in this front office has been the transparency inside the locker room, let's say that, because outside he hasn't really been that transparent with some of the stuff just because he has no reason to, and I don't blame him. If this is it for Jimmy Garoppolo, where does he rank amongst 49ers quarterbacks? Personally, for me, it would be right behind Colin Kaepernick. So you would have, to me, it's like Steve Young is my GOAT, but I got to put Joe Montana one just because I grew up with the Steve Young era. That was the first jersey I ever had was a Steve Young. Um, So, but you would have to basically designate the number one spot to Joe Montana. Yeah. Number two, Steve Young. Number three, it would be Colin Kaepernick. And then you also have Jeff Garcia in there. Oh, man. I think Jimmy's got to be four because if Jimmy gets his two Super Bowls. Yeah, I think Jimmy got to be four because the playoff success, essentially. Jeff Garcia never got to an NFC title game. Jimmy Garoppolo's got there twice. And quite frankly, when Jimmy Garoppolo starts at least 15 games in a year, um, 49ers have reached that NFC title game every single year. Uh, I know that's not solely on Jimmy Garoppolo. I completely understand. We could look at the playoff numbers. I get that. But ultimately, the quarterback is the face of the franchise, especially when your quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo, not Trent Dilfer or Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman was never the face of the Chicago Bears. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is the most talked about, basically 49er guy on any national media that you have out there. And and I think it's also because it, it just wasn't this, this love story. Like it was this little hate and, and relationship and we want him out yet. He's out there doing everything he can for the franchise at the end of the day. Also, obviously it affects what his future is going to be if he plays well, but just seeing, seeing the grit he has and the want over this playoff stretch after you had an off season where everybody was just coming out of the woodworks to scrutinize this guy. I think Martellus Bennett called him a uh, female dog at one point because he didn't want to play with an injury. And now look what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing with an injury. Um, so I, I think you would have to you would have to lean Jimmy Garoppolo over Jeff Garcia. Um, Jeff Garcia has the stats. That's cool. He had a few great seasons. But it was a ton of drama during that era. A ton of drama. <laughs> T.O. <laughs> yeah. Mariucci saying, yeah, no, I got you. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my list too. It's got to be... If they, if they get the second Super Bowl, I may put Jimmy over Cap as the three, but with with what Cap has done, the reason part of the reason why the Niners got to those Super Bowls was because of him. Like he wasn't along for the ride, right? So many people get their history wrong when it comes to the Colin Kaepernick time here, right? If it wasn't for him, those two road playoff games in Carolina and in Green Bay, the Niners don't win those games. Um, obviously, the one in twenty twelve when they got to the Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick, 181 yards rushing. Seriously, versus the Packers. Then he goes into Atlanta after the defense goes down. What was it, 17 to seven? And he he leads the comeback. Like those things mattered, right? And even in the Super Bowl, the comeback against the Super Bowl, like Kaepernick's playoff efforts are greater than those are Jimmy Garoppolo's as, as far as a passer and a quarterback go. So he's gonna get a little bit more love from me as far as that goes. But Jimmy Garoppolo, if they get to a second Super Bowl, it's gonna be hard to not have him there. Um, because Steve only got to one as a starter, and Joe got to four, obviously. Um, so it, it's a it's a very interesting conversation. Jimmy Garoppolo, I will say this: regardless of what's said on social media, um, because the fan base that's what we're fans, right? We we have conversation. It's never it never came from a hateful place. It came from a place that the four, the Forty Nineers franchise told us that they don't want this guy. And they want to move on. And that's that's where it was, right? And you start to nitpick the guy's game. 
But Jimmy Garoppolo gets major, major love at Levi Stadium. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be remembered in a positive light once his time is over in San Francisco. The fan base will appreciate what he had done. Um, social media is not the end-all, be-all when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo discussion. Because if you go to the stadium, yes, folks are critical of the guy. But there's a lot of love for the guy because because of the winning, because of how they won, because of what he had or what he's done for this team since he got here and helped turn the team around. Um, do I appreciate him for that? Absolutely. Do I? Does he drive me up a wall with some of his game gameplay decisions? Absolutely. Both can be true. But Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be remembered in a very positive light as a San Francisco 49er. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you bringing up the Colin Kaepernick on the road in Carolina, on the road in Green Bay, and how he put that offense on his shoulders and, and won those games. Man, it just it – just, it's a different time. And it's just like, wow, we really had to do that at the quarterback position. And now we see – um, where Jimmy Garoppolo is more so of a game manager and doesn't have to go out there and put the offense on his shoulders. Does he need to make some big-time throws? Yes, absolutely. Every quarterback does if you want to win football games. Um, do you have to have some big-time throws on third downs? Yes. And Jimmy Garoppolo does deliver that. But like you said, the highlight plays that Colin Kaepernick was making during those playoff runs, it was insane, and, and it's pretty unfortunate. Um, also, a key thing on is just how the Colin Kaepernick departure happened. It, you know, it was some really bad football teams. Um, there was noise that you and I have heard that he wasn't necessarily putting the team first, wasn't picking up his iPad when he was at home or outside the facility at all. Um, so, like, that lingers into it as well compared to Jimmy Garoppolo's departure could be NFC title game, Super Bowl game, Super Bowl win. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I do hope this team does get to the Super Bowl, and I, I would love to do those that whole NFL experience, Super Bowl activities through the week. I don't care. I'll drive up and drive <laughs> back down from you know to L.A. back to my house. I'll, I'll make that essentially four-hour commute in total. If I had not gone to the Bears game, the Colts game, the Cowboys playoff game, and now the Senior Bowl next week, I might have gone this weekend. Wife would probably have a heart attack if I did. Um, but if the if the Niners do make Super Bowl, I'm going to make every effort possible to get to the game. I need to get to the Super Bowl. I don't care if I have to fly in the day of and then fly out the same day. Yeah, well, you're Mr. Moneybags over there with the car dealership. So what what would that be? So that would be equivalent to like paying a $50 parking ticket? No. Not right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> My son is now full-time in daycare or full-time in preschool, so that's another that's a large bill, very large bill for a little man. So uh, um, before we get out of here, Leo, man, this has been a blast all season, right? This is it. This is the, this might be the last game of the year for the Niners, but I hope it's not. It won't be. It won't, it this won't has be. been a blast, bro. Um, game score prediction. Give it to me. I got a 49ers win here. I'm going to go with the final score being 26 to 20, 26, 20. I think the 49ers, you know, win this game convincingly. I don't think it's going to be as nerve wracking at the end. Matthew Stafford gets a late fourth quarter touchdown to make it a 26 to 13 game and, and final score of being 26 to 20. That's what I got. I am hopeful the Niners pull this off. This is going to be Elijah Mitchell, 25 carries. 160, I think, and a touchdown. But Jimmy Garoppolo gives us a one-touchdown pass to George Kittle. Please, God. Um, at least help out your numbers, Jimmy, please. I got the Niners no pulling this out. No playoff touchdowns for Kittle, huh? No playoff touchdowns for Kittle yet. That is insane. I got the Niners winning 24-10. I have that Ooh. much faith in this 49ers defense to limit Cam Akers and this run offense and then force the Rams to be one-dimensional. 24-10, Niners are on the way to the Super Bowl. And neither one of us would have said that at 3-5. and five. No, I was I was just hopeful for, for the playoffs. Hey, guess who's upset right now? Big time mad, Miami Dolphins. Why? 49. They oh, yeah, the pick. pick. Oh, yeah. They, they went from basically being what you would call in the NBA a lottery pick if the 49ers didn't oh, yeah. make the playoffs all the way down to 29. either number 29, 30, 31, 32. Big time mad. The Niners gambled, and it paid off. Mm -hmm. 
Kyle Shanahan is smarter than me. <laughs> Real quick, you were saying about Jimmy Garoppolo potentially not, you know, they're being open, transparent of him, whatever happens, that like this is the last ride. That could be why this team is doing what it's doing right now. They love him in that locker room. They love Jimmy Garoppolo in that locker room. And, you know, they know each game could be the last, so they're giving it their all. Not just not just 10, everybody. Kittle, Yushek, Trent has a good relationship with Jimmy um, during the training camp that they had with the Chargers. I saw I saw them leave together. Um, they were a couple parking spaces over from me. And uh, it was Trent, George, Jimmy, um, they all took off together. So they have a good, they have a good relationship. Um, and I know everyone's out there, you know, it's not just number 10. It's also trying to get to the Super Bowl. but is there a little emotional value into these games? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're trying to win this one for Jimmy. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. I think is they're unified in this, get back, get a title. And hopefully Jimmy goes off in the sunset for the 49ers. So that is a hope. We will be back hopefully with a Super Bowl preview that the 49ers have pulled it off against the Rams and are headed to their second Super Bowl in three years. So hopefully that is happening. Uh, Whatever you did the last three weeks as a fan, do it again. Right? I'm not superstitious, but if you wore that jersey, wear that jersey. If you had a certain alcoholic drink, have the same alcoholic drink. If you went to the gym that morning or whatever it is that you did, make sure your routine is the same. I'm that superstitious when it comes to sports. That's what I said. During the Rams game, I had a certain spot in my house that I was just standing up. And I told myself, I cannot leave this spot. If I leave this spot, there's a chance that the 49ers don't complete this comeback. In the back of my head, I was like, Leo, you have no outcome of this game. Yeah, exactly. I said, I don't care. Standing in this spot. We are fans. We Um, are fans. And then the Cowboy game, I was drinking out of my uh, throwback 49ers cup that I got from Levi's during a game in, what was that, 2018? Um, So I had that cup. During the Dallas game, drinking out of that, and immediately Green Bay come game comes on. I'm like, "Where's my cup? Where's my cup? I got to drink out of that same cup." So, uh, I feel you on that. It's whatever you do, just just keep it going, keep it going because 49ers need you. They need all the all the spirit that they can get for this. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to the Rams for trying to uh, lock out anyone outside the LA area. Yeah, as if I can't just go on TickPick and just buy a seat. Dumb. Weird, weird behavior. Weird behavior. Uh, but yeah. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a Super Bowl preview. Uh, as always, I'm Javier. That is Leo. Give shout, follow me on uh, Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Follow my guy Leo here at LeoLuna93, Twitter or Instagram. Same handle. Yeah, and then make sure you're following everything at Niners Nation Podcast Network. Shout out to Stats and Levin and Akash and KP, everyone at uh, Niners Nation for a great, great season. It's not over. As in the great words of uh, Fred Warner, I think we ain't done yet. Peace. <laughs>